Hello and welcome to Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is Fritz Melt here at Star Mutual. Fritz, I can't think of anybody I'd rather hear from. What? Every insurance case you've called me on has put a lot of dough in my pocket. Well, now, And uh, it just happens that right now I can use a few extra bucks. Uh, quite a few. So what's the deal? Well, as a matter of fact, I hadn't thought in terms of any fee on this one. Oh. But of course, we'll pay whatever expenses you may incur. Oh? You, uh, trust me with my expense account, Fritz? Are you kidding? Of course not. <laughs> okay, then. Now that we understand each other, what's the problem? Or rather, who's the problem? John Wakefield Edwards. Ever hear of him? No, I can't say that I have. Retired businessman. Leather goods, I think it was. He lives just outside of Albany, New York. So what's happened to him? Well, nothing that I know of. But he has a lot of insurance with it, including a straight life policy worth 155000 How old is he, Fritz? In his late 60s. Married? His wife died oh, uh, three or four years ago. Then who's the beneficiary? His adopted daughter, Marilyn. And how old is she? In her late 20s. Uh, she's uh, a very attractive girl, I understand. Then who cares about a plea? Fritz, I'll take the assignment. <laughs> Easy, Johnny. You probably won't even see her. Oh, why not? But she lives and works over in Troy. Ah. Uh, well, what's happened to the old man? Well, he called me a few minutes ago and asked, or rather demanded, that I send you over to see him immediately. Yeah, why? He wouldn't say. What he did say, though, just before he hung up, is that under no circumstances are you to let her know that you're coming. Meaning Marilyn? I would assume so. Hmm. I wonder... So do I, Johnny. So if I were you, I'd hop on over there. Tonight? Well, first thing in the morning? Okay, Fritz, we'll do. Bob Bailey, in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
Why, oh, why didn't I call him back? Demand to know what it was that he was expecting to happen. For it obviously tied in with his wish to see me. But I guess I was tired after the long drive, and he seemed to think the morning was time enough. So I hit the sack. Early in the morning, some coffee sent up to my room, and then the hotel bill came to nine dollars even. That's item three. And by twenty-five minutes after seven, I swung onto the long, winding drive that led up to the front of the Edwards Mansion. It was in a wealthy residential section, a couple of miles north of the city proper, and sat in the middle of what must have been a full acre of beautiful trees and gardens. As I approached the house, I noticed a car parked out front, a sweet new little sports car. The door was open, and the good-looking got out of it, and it was just about to climb in. As I pulled up to a stop, she stood there looking at me questioningly. This is the Edwards home, isn't it? That's right. You want to see somebody? Why, yes. As a matter of fact, Mr. Edwards sent for me. Oh, really? Are you an old friend of his? Old? I didn't know it should. Oh, that isn't what I... I mean... Oh, my name is Johnny Dollar. John... Insurance detective or investigator or whatever you call it. Yeah, something like that. Well, hi. I'm Marilyn Edwards. Well, hi. I should have guessed he'd send for someone like you, Johnny. Come on in. Why, uh, why do you say that, Marilyn? Well, Daddy seemed to be worried about something lately. You know what? No, at least I'm not sure. That's why I thought I'd stop by this morning before going to work. Oh, I thought you were just leaving. No, I just got here. Just before you arrived. Oh. What do you do for a living? Don't laugh. I'm a model. Oh. And stop raising your eyebrows. After all, somebody has to pose for those ads for dishpan hands. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Shall we go in and see Daddy? That is if he's up. Oh, well, he better be. I have a breakfast day with him at 7.30. And it's now exactly 7.31. Then we better go in. Oh, 
foul play. Without touching the body, I phoned the Albany Police Homicide Division, and within minutes, Sergeant Christie arrived with Dr. Walter Minkin in tow. The doctor's examination was brief but very thorough, including several on-the-spot tests for poisons of any kind. How old did you say he was, miss? I... I didn't, doctor. But he was 68 or 9, I think. And he hasn't been sick? Not that I know of. Dirk and the housekeeper would know better than I. He hasn't had a day of sickness since he caught that cold last spring. Yeah. Well, his pump gave out, that's all. Don't expect that in a man his age. Oh, Marlon, I want to go up and look at your father's room again. 
All right, if you like. And I'll go along with no, you. No, thanks. I'd rather do it alone. Oh? Now, what did I find? Nothing. Sure, there were a couple of old bottles of hair tonic hidden away under some shirts. But after all, I mean, at his age. And that funny little thing on his dressing table, there was a little, well, hat stand, I guess you'd call it, the kind you find in a woman's hat shop. You know, a little wooden stand about eight or ten inches high. Johnny, look. Huh? Where did you get that? After what you said downstairs, I guess I began to wonder. It's special. So I looked around outside, you know, for footprints or, well, I don't know what I was looking for. And you found this handgun? It was in the middle of a myrtle bush. It was Daddy's gun. Oh? And see, one shot has been fired. Yeah. I also see you've carefully put your fingerprints all over it. Oh. Hey, what was Fine. Now, my prints are all over it. So if it was used to... What am I talking about? If there'd been a shot, Durkin would have heard it. What's more, there would have been a bullet wound, and there was no sign of anything in the... Wait a minute. Marilyn, maybe there was. And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Hair-Raising Matters. My hunch was right. I was sure of it now. I told Miss Turkin and Marilyn to stay there at the house and wait for me, then jumped into my car and drove into Albany to the undertaker's. Yeah. Right in the middle of his ball spot. Covered up by the hairpiece. And the 
bullet that made it was a 38 special. Marilyn, you say you didn't get here this morning until I did. Yes, Johnny. You're sure? Yes, Johnny. Come on up to his room again. Where's Durkin? Kitchen, I guess. Johnny, you have a funny look. I mean... Yeah, come on. I'll tell you this much. Your father was murdered, all right. You... You sure of that? Yes, you bet I am. Now, look here, here, on his dressing table. You know what this is? Of course. It's a little hat stand I used when I was a kid. What's it doing here? I don't know. Funny. I never really noticed it before. How long did Daddy wear a toupee, Marilyn? A what? Toupee, a hairpiece. Oh, never. He was always very proud of his hair. You're sure about that? Of course I am. For a long time, he always used to smell of hair tonic when he came downstairs well, in the morning. Well, it just happens I... that you're wrong. What? A small, very well-made hairpiece covered the ball spot where he was shot this morning. With this thirty-eight, you say you found outside. But I did. Honestly. All right. All right, I believe you. In spite of the way you covered up any fingerprints that may have been on it. You did too, Johnny. Yeah, that's right. Now listen. That leaves only one person who could have known about the hairpiece have killed him and then covered up the bullet wound with it. I knew I'd smelled burnt gunpowder when we first came up here. Johnny, do you think that you mm. Yeah, yeah, but to prove it. Well, I've got to try a bluff. Yeah, see if I can bluff her. I can't believe it. Yet with him dead, she'd have money, more money Hold than... Hold Well, Durgan? So you're back. Where you been, anyway? Checking up on something. Something I should have suspected last night when I talked to Mr. Edwards on the phone. What do you mean, Johnny? Line clicks. That meant somebody was listening in on the phone downstairs. Don't look at me. I didn't even know you called him last night. I was in bed asleep. Were you, Durkin? What I was just checking on at police headquarters... Police headquarters? Yeah, was a set of fingerprints I found on a glass you'd been using in the kitchen. What? I wanted to compare them with some prints I found on this gun. Well, that's... Mr. Edwards' gun. The one you used to kill him? That's a lie. Is it the fingerprints match? No, that's a lie. I wiped them off Before the gun. Before you threw it out the window? Yes. Then opened the other windows to let the smell of powder out? Yes, I wiped them off. At least I... I... I thought I did. Okay. Let's go, then. Don't worry. There'll be no part of the insurance or any other money for circuit. The courts will take care of that. And probably with spending. And for Marilyn, well, you know something? There's a gal I think I'd like to see again. And I don't mean because of her fortune. Expense account total, including all the mileage on my car, $47.50. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Shirley Mitchell, Jack Edwards, Ralph Moody, Junior Matthews, and Parley Bear. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverley speaking.